Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Box Office Breakdown. Hey, everybody, welcome to Box Office Breakdown. This, of course, oh, I'm excited for this because I know it's coming. This is the show that looks back at the box office that was, and then we... Prague. Nah. Stick. Oh, look at that brief falling up with the assist. Uh, we do that about the box office that lie ahead. I am Frank Moran. And I am Brandon Hanna. And that voice accompanying Brandon, uh, being the wind beneath his wings, is Brie in the booth. Hi, everybody. That. And uh, Carrie Lane, you know, she's not with us today. She's dead to us. She chose, you know, another show to, to cover, Altered Carbon. <laughs> so fine. You know, we're, we know where we rank and Carrie Lane's priorities. Second. That's right. Yes. <laughs> oh, but no worries, folks. Uh, Brandon and I, uh, we've got this all done, and Bree as well. We're going to be sharing everything about the box office that happened. Uh, we'll do some international numbers. We'll do our box office bet. Find out who won, who lost. Might be hard for you to figure out who lost. But we'll, we'll, we'll get the, the official uh, rankings there in just a moment there. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot. We'll just, we'll just do some fun stuff. But uh, first of all, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and everybody hop in the chat. Uh, and if you're watching after stream live, feel free to comment down below. Brandon. Yes. Look at you. Look at you. You're looking incredibly dapper. I know. You probably, when you walked into the studio today, yes. you were thinking, wow, I get to do this show with Boba Fett? <laughs> yes. yes. I hate to disappoint you. I'm not Boba Fett. Wait, what? No. I am just a loser. No, I, well, but a winner in my heart, that is for sure. Uh, Brandon, wearing this fantastic Boba Fett one-y, onesie uh, because you were the loser of this week's box office bet. I was the loser by a wide margin All on right. this week's box office bet. It was Ryan Nielsen's idea, loser should wear a onesie. I figured, I got a onesie, I'll chime in. <laughs> There's no way I lose. Here we are. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, and then we even got the uh, the the visual proof. Yes, for the last visual well. evidence in clear 1080p HD. <laughs> you right. can see that I was off by. I oh, was at a cool like 20 million almost. Oh, well, you know, like I bet it's the thing is like I think 17. It's only, yeah, okay. not, not not quite 20 there. Yeah, it's close. So, yeah. Uh, so of course our box office bet was on Call of the Wild, and uh, the the winner for that. Uh, well, Carrie Lane came in as a winner for that. That film ended up doing a uh, a sweet twenty four point eight million dollars. So she comes off as uh, the winner for that. But uh, Brandon, with a forty point eight million dollar bet, is loser and uh, doing his due diligence, coming in, paying off the bet, wearing the sweet onesie. Bree had seventeen point three. I had thirty two million. Uh, neither of us were even close to either winning or losing to this. But uh, Brandon. Kudos to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I really overestimated the power of dogs and Harrison Ford. <laughs> and that was my mistake. <laughs> How does that feel to be in that? It's actually very comfortable. Very nice. I kind of want to just wear this every episode. Well, I, why, why shouldn't you? That's nice. Uh, do you enjoy having the hood up? Or if you ever wear this, is it mostly a hood down at time? I think the hood down looks a little more stylish. But being the fact that I lost, I had to sacrifice the style for the bit. <laughs> it's all about the bit, everybody. Uh, all right, so getting to this week's top five, coming in at number one, once again, Sonic the Hedgehog narrowly beating out Call of the Wild. They were kind of going neck and neck throughout the weekend. $26.3 million. 
And uh, yeah, but uh, I guess we were talking last week about the uh, the redo of uh, the look of Sonic for the film. But the toys, they were too far in development when that redesign was announced. So if you do go up because you're so much of a fan of the film, you're like, hey, yeah, let's get some toys for this film. You're definitely going to get toys that have the old Sonic look. So they're selling those toys right now. They couldn't stop them. They're like, oh, well, we're already making these. What are we going to do? I kind of want to buy one. <laughs> I kind of do. So there you go. You can get that weird human-esque looking Sonic to play with at your own home. wonder if it'll be a collector's item at some point. No? <laughs> I don't know who's going to be sitting here like in 15 years like, <laughs> I need that weird looking Sonic. I need the Sonic with the teeth and the tiny <laughs> eyes. I need it. Uh, coming in number two, as we're talking about The Call of the Wild, $24.8 million. Uh, Brandon, did you see this film? I did not. Unfortunately, I did not have time to see it this week. Mm, I see. Bree? It's kind of my fault. I did not go see this movie. All right. Um, to be fair, though, if I wasn't, if, unless I lost, I'm not sure I'm planning on going to see this movie. Mm. It, it seems more like a, hey, that's on HBO or Netflix like later on down the line when I'm sitting at home. All right. For did, me personally. Did either of you read the book growing up or in school or anything? No. no. I, I read Into the Wild, which is a much different story. Yeah. Uh, I, I hadn't read it either. I, I did go before I went and saw the movie. I was like, oh, let me just get the uh, the cliff notes there from Wikipedia. All right. So basically reading what the, the novel was about. Uh, and so I went and saw the movie on Friday night, 9.15 showing over there at Universal City AMC, just to paint a picture for everybody. I know you are all... Very concerned. I was sitting in seat G1 just to get really detailed, just enjoying some milk duds as I watched this film. The one thing I was excited about, it was directed by Chris Sanders, who did Lilo and Stitch, did the first How to Train Your Dragon film, also did the first Crudes. So in one sense, I was excited because he was getting his chance at live action. But in the other sense, I've, I feel like he was on a downward trajectory because I, I loved Lilo and Stitch. I also absolutely loved How to Train Your Dragon. The Crudes, I really couldn't get into. It's fine, but uh, it it just missed that kind of spark from the previous two films that he did had. So I was like, all right, well, he's making the crossover to live action. Let's see what this is. And this film is okay. It's just, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there are some things from the book that they would have maybe some trouble troublesome aspects from the book that they avoided and reconfigured the storyline to kind of avoid those things. So... But it made it also very a very surface level kind of book. Very these vignettes. It's basically a series of vignettes. So you're following Buck, this uh, big uh, for the most part cartoon animated dog, throughout the course of the film as he's getting is he's kidnapped, taken up up north to uh, because it's all people are finding gold in Alaska. That's where they're going. So you got uh, they're sending up dogs there. People are being dogs are being stolen, sold for money, so they could be sent up there. He gets sold up there, and then it's a series of vignettes as he kind of changes hands from owners to owners to owners, and then through the course of the film, you know, discovers the the call of the wild essentially is what it is. And Dan Stevens comes in for a hot second as well as Karen Gillan, and Dan Stevens not great in this film. Did oh wow was no. was was the fact that both of them are British played into the film? Was there a reason? No, not really at all. And to it was only reading the uh, Wikipedia about the book that I realized that they were actually brother and sister. In the film, at least to me, it was like you would have thought they were a husband and wife. So it was like, okay. And then there's this other third person, which I assumed was just their 
attache or you know their their butler or whatever that was going along with them. They're really they're hardly in the film. They're hardly given anything to do. But Dan Stevens ends up becoming basically the villain of the movie and just is man just too over the top. Oof, it's it's a, it's a bit rough. So uh, that was unfortunate. Harrison Ford, yeah, Harrison Ford delivers the goods. It's not like a sleepwalking role for Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he convincingly portrays a relationship being built around him and Buck, who's for most parts a CGI dog. But I felt like the CGI for Buck was the worst out of all of the dogs that I saw in the film. So I, whether they intentionally cartooned him up a little bit to, so you could see more of the human esque emotions playing through Buck. Maybe that was the the point, but it ended up just becoming a little too cartoony. That kind of anytime you saw Buck it just you didn't buy that he was a real dog. Yeah, maybe they felt if they made him look too realistic, it would reach that uncanny valley territory and it would just look even worse. I don't know, but you're thinking they went too far in the cartoon direction. Just a, it, just a, a bit too much because you saw other dogs in there that looked very realistic and they looked great. But they I felt like they tried to make Buck's eyes more expressive to make you think like oh he's having human type thoughts mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's fine you could take your family there and, and just have a, a fine time but it's nothing nothing spectacular it's definitely as brie was mentioning uh you one of those you could wait for hbo or netflix or whatever streaming service that might show up on really no need to go rush out it was interesting though this was a uh, fox uh 20th century fox film so to see the you know 24, 20, uh, 20th Century Company or whatever. Yeah, 20th Century Studios. Studios last, yes. Is this the last 20th Century Fox one that's coming out, or do we have another one before uh, that was already finished did, before did the it, merger happened? Did, it, did the logo say 20th Century Studios yes. in front of it? Okay. 20th Century Studios. Yeah, because I believe this so. one was made before that merger mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. And we'll have, we'll have uh, New Mutants as well, too, when that's coming out in April. That'll have 20th Century Studio as well. So you can't wait for that film. I can wait for that film. It's not going to be great. I'll go see it. I mean, I'll go see it, but I don't think it's going to be that good. I don't know. We'll see. All right. All right. I have a feeling. Uh, so our other film, uh, we also have coming in number three, Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one. Brandon, one. Nailed it. Harley Quinn. Yes, I <laughs> didn't ask last week, so thank you. Uh, $7 million for that film. Uh, Brahms, The Boy 2. $5.9 million. But so surprised that this made the top five. <laughs> I, so my, I, because oh, yeah. none of us had seen the original boys, right? I've seen the, the boy. boy. I've seen the boy. Yeah. I had a friend of mine tell me about it today, and that film sounds absolutely bonkers. <laughs> when just hearing about it, yeah. I don't know how the movie plays. But hearing, and this is a spoiler alert, folks, uh, for a film that's been out for several years, but to find out that it's about a boy, li- a man now living in the walls of the house. Yes. <laughs> the man living in the walls. <laughs> well, and he the, manipul- we found that out. Wait, wasn't there something like that? The end of the first time? Yeah, that's the first that's movie. That's the first movie, Yeah, that's right? what we're talking about, the first movie. Yeah. So the second one is not that you're saying? I don't know. That? I mean, I haven't it seen the not. second one. It looks they go a supernatural there route. A new... Yes, man. So, <laughs> yeah, another man somewhere. in the walls. Yeah. There is no man in the walls in this film. Okay, I, it is the same doll, which I guess gets destroyed at the end of the first film. Okay, I don't even remember that. Uh, but gets dug up and rebuilt, and now all of a sudden, while the first film, no supernatural part mm-hmm. of it. Although the film makes you want to think that in the first film, right? Until you find out that's a dude just chilling in the walls. Yeah, <laughs> it's <is> so ridiculous. <laughs> Wearing a, like a mask that kind of looks like the doll. Yeah. <laughs> 
you're already hiding in the walls. There's really no need to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, but this one really, the uh, the boy too, really embraces the supernatural element. The doll is possessed by a spirit, which in turn then possesses the uh, the young son in the house that finds it. So, yeah, it, it, they really, well, they tried to make you think it was supernatural, but it was just a big fool, uh, big, you know, twist and turn in the first film. This time, all deep in the supernatural. I feel like if I if I went to go see the boy too, and at the end they revealed there was another guy in the wall, I would have loved it. <laughs> I should have just done that. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, that just is he was a he was a he was a murderer, and so he came back to his parents' house, and he everybody mm-hmm. thought he was dead, so he's just living in the walls of the house. Yeah, that was the deal. Oh man, that sounds crazy to me. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Uh, so it almost makes me want to watch it. I completely, by the way. And I saw this first film, and I completely forgot the entire storyline until you were just recounting it now. Yeah. And now I remember why I blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> that is not like a good movie for you to watch, but you watched it. I mean, sometimes you just like to watch those really bad horror films. Like, that's why I haven't gotten Same. a chance, but I want to go see Fantasy Island. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I, I find on those types of horror movies... That if I wait and I don't see it in the theater, that I'll see it at home and I will just fast forward through those long scenes of somebody just walking through like a creepy hallway. I'll just like hit fast forward until I get to what I feel like is going to be a jump scare and then I'll stop and watch it in real time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I, I end up speed watching through those films rather than just like being in a theater and being forced to enjoy that whole like 98 minute experience that they're putting on you. Yeah, I do love being in a crowded theater for a bad horror movie. It's fun. Oh, yeah, but it's also... But if you want to go, don't you want to at least... Even if you're not particularly scared, you want to get the the reaction from the crowd? Yes. There's nothing worse than going to one of those, and then the crowd is not reacting either, and you're like, we all know this is bad, <laughs> right? And we're all here It's a risk. Together. It's a risk. <laughs> I mean, when I saw... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, the 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 last boo uh, Las Medias out film okay yes. yeah Medea Halloween uh, right? no oh no boo to a Medea Halloween that's is, Frank's is, absolute favorite film ever <laughs> I it's one of the worst things I've ever had to sit through in the theater but the final Medea film okay before Tyler Perry said like oh, I'm done I saw that uh, as well in the theater and man I just felt like I was on a different plane as everybody else because there are so many people laughing at stuff and I'm just like what what this is not funny. Why are you laughing? So clearly, uh, there's different levels of appreciating a film, and I was definitely not on the same level as a lot of people in that theater. Oof, but never see Boo Two Medea Halloween. Save no, yourself. Did I strike a nerve there? No, that's a terrible film. That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. I hated every minute I was in the theater watching that one. Oh, now I want to see it. <laughs> uh, now I think I, I did call uh, the boy to uh, number four. But as I was uh, later this afternoon, as I was looking at box office figures, it seems like Bad Boys ended up taking it over. So by just a few hundred mm-hmm. thousand dollars. So uh, I think we can call it, even though I'm not sure I said number four. I feel like I can go and I'm going to make the game time decision. Bad Boys uh, three, number four. The Boy two, number five. So look at that, Bad Boys, man. It's still it's still, still hanging on. on. Still hanging on. People want to see it. Yeah, still hanging on. Sonic is performing really well. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like now we're starting to get out of the doldrums, and now we're going to start seeing stuff. We've got uh, at the Invisible Man coming up this week, which is getting some good buzz. The uh, then you've got Onward, the Pixar film coming out that week, mm-hmm. the next week after. So we're starting to gear up for some good films. 
The one thing I am bummed about though is that Fast and Furious isn't happening until May. And I usually like that's a good April movie. Yeah. You want that kind of kicking off a little you know, the summer movie season early. And now we don't get it. We're gonna have to wait. Gonna have to wait another month. I'll just make it that much better when we finally see I, it. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see that film. I was like, ah, you're not gonna have the rock. That's not gonna be that great. But no no no, I'm in. I am I am all in. Uh international numbers here, folks. We've got, uh, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog is crushing it around internationally as well, too. It uh, <laughs> it added another $38.3 million from 56 overseas markets. That brings the offshore total to $96.5 million and a worldwide total of $203.1 million. I, feel, I pretty much feel like we can guarantee a sequel to this. So uh, if you want to see Tails and seeing him do a lot more, then you're, yeah, it's, it's coming. I feel like there you go. Whether we see Knuckles, I don't know if we're going to see Knuckles. I don't know that much about Sonic. You just got to know Knuckles, Tails. There, I, I did read a good article about the uh, Knuckles. Tails is the really adorable one because that's why I always played him because okay. I loved like he can fly with his tails. He's because he's got two tails. That's true. Makes it like a little helicopter. Uh, and then Knuckles is the he's like the red version of Sonic yes. basically but, he's, but it's, it's he's all like droopy yeah. he's all yeah. droopy he's but, a little more emo <laughs> oh, yeah. there was a great article though about Archie was publishing the Sonic comic books for a long period of time and how uh, one writer and artist uh, basically started developing this whole Knuckles storyline and universe and then left Archie and there's bad blood between them and basically sued Archie for any other writer after they had tried to use those characters in other stories and he didn't like what they were doing. Mm. It's like, nope, I created all these stories, all these characters. You can't use any of them. So they were forced to you know, lose all these characters, like a hundred and plus odd characters that this comic book writer had created. So it was an interesting article. Wow. Where, yeah. Uh, what uh, you know, the Sonic Universe uh, giveth, they also had taketh away. So, yeah. If you want to watch, read any of those great Sonic comics. I think great is probably an over-exaggeration, but they're out there if you want to read them. Uh, so uh, we also got in the uh, the UK, it, uh, it you know so far the UK leads all the plays for Sonic the, uh, the Hedgehog there with uh, $19.1 million after 10 days and a number one hold. Mexico has got $12.3 million and France is at 9.1. So doing some well, doing well over overseas. In new entries, the Call of the Wild uh, got $15.4 million in 40 markets. The global total was $40.2 million. So it's all right. Yeah, I think I read that the production budget was around $109 million for that movie. So I don't know. It's going to, I don't know if it's going to make it. Yeah, I feel like the one thing that's going to be challenging is because China is still closed in terms of films. Uh, and I feel like this is really uh, affecting studios on how they're going to target their overseas strategies. Because uh, with also an addition of the uh, a spike in coronavirus, coronavirus cases in Korea, it's also affecting over that in terms of uh, global releases there. So we've uh, basically moved that, that Disney's moved Pixar's onward uh, off its initial Korea uh, anti-Wan dates, pushing it later into it in April, for example. And other local films are under, understood to be hewing to that same path. So interesting to see how companies are tre- treating their global releases, giving the issues that are happening uh, over in the Asian territories. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's interesting, too, how that could possibly affect films that studios make banking on the the foreign numbers, especially like China. Like you see, like uh, Transformers really thrive overseas, but not so much domestically. 
No, that's true. So it'd be interesting to see if how studios change their strategies in the near future. And especially if that was a territory you were always banking on. Yeah. And you've you know been in production for your film for you know two three years. Like, all right, we're going to be fine. We've got you know the China market, and then all of a sudden this comes. You're like, ah, what? So hopefully this. Uh, I mean, not just, certainly not just for films, yeah. but for everybody that is dealing with this, everything gets cleared up. And Fast and Furious normally performs well overseas too, right? Absolutely. So, That's been uh, China's been one of the biggest. Yeah. Markets. So it'd be interesting to see how that affects F9. Yes, I think I think F9 is still a weird title, but the movie <laughs> looks awesome, so I don't care. <laughs> uh, what would you call Fast and Furious Nine? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Last one was called Fate of the Furious. Yes. Fine of the Furious doesn't make any sense. Hmm. I don't know. I got nothing. I guess F9 is okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think there's been a lot of jokes on Twitter about the 10th film being called Fast and Your yes. Seatbelts. So. That's perfect. Yes. Do that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, well, I guess oh. <laughs> make them go into space in F9 and call it Deep Space Fine. <laughs> for all you Star Trek fans out there. Right, there you go. Very nice. All right. <laughs> uh, and now, Got one. All right. <laughs> speaking of Brendan's beloved Bad Boys, uh, Bad Boys for Life has hit $200 million internationally. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I haven't seen a nickel of that money yet, but <laughs> I'm sure it's going to a good, spe- good spot, good place. Uh, it's also reached $390 million globally. So look at that. That's great. A little film that could. Yes, very, very unexpected, but welcomed. Hopefully this leads to more work for Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Yes. Fingers crossed there. You know, the superstars of tomorrow. (laughs) And I mean, uh, Bad Boys for Life should have been the title of the fourth one. So what are they going to call this movie? I know. Uh, So, folks, we've got one film vying for uh, the box office back coming up this week. That is going to be the Elizabeth... Elizabeth, the Invisible Man. I uh, yes, with so, Elizabeth Moss. That's right in it. There you go, the Elizabeth Man. No, that's a terrible <laughs> film, a name for the film. But we'll be doing the Invisible Man. Uh, there's a couple of films that are coming up with their limited release. We, go, we always go wide for the box office bets. So Invisible Man, it is. So, uh, but we always like to do a little something. Now we're trying to. We see Brandon in his onesie for the box office bet to up the stakes a little bit for us and for you in the chat to have more fun with uh, seeing who wins and who loses. So. Whoever loses the box office bet for our next show, they're essentially going to be invisible. They, and wherever they sit here in the studio, myself, Brandon, if it's uh, Carrie, uh, anytime they cut to us, we'll be invisible. You'll hear our voice, but you'll never see us for the course of that episode. I love it. Yes. <laughs> On the topic of the box office bet, I was just given a video from our producer, Ryan, who caught Carrie, speaking of Carrie, uh, her reaction to finding out that she had won oh, this week. Oh, exciting. So we'll go ahead and play that right here. Oh, look how. Congrats, Gary Lane. You won the box office bet this week. You predicted 20 million and it got 24. You win. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I like just. Gary's uh, like, why are you doing this? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I win every week. What of it? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Well, uh, you know, that's usually Bree's claim to fame. So I feel like we're we're ready for a resurgence of Bree. I mean, it's been you know, New Year. Have I, I think I've only won once this New Year. Maybe maybe twice or three times. I, I don't keep track. But it has. It wasn't like the streak that I was on towards the end of last year. So that's we're gonna have to get back on. That. All right, she, it was it was definitely a hot streak. 
I, I need to get on a streak as well. Although I wouldn't mind turning invisible. That <laughs> sounds pretty cool. No, I, I, man, I, I do like that. I always wanted to like, do I just throw it just so I can just yeah. chill and be invisible next week? It's all right. When I go crazy though, like Claude Rains in the original, the invisible man, where he starts losing his mind. <laughs> uh, starts trying to take over the world. That's true. Have you, speaking of invisible films, I, I know I was seeing some people in preparation for this and visiting other invisible man-esque films. One of those hollow man. Big big fan of Hollow Man. I've never seen Hollow Man. Hmm. All right, it's I, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know, there's Paul Verhoeven directed it, Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth Shue, uh, a few others. You know, there there's some goofiness to it, but you know, there's some fun stuff to see as well. So yeah, if you get a chance, go check it out and go check out the original The Invisible Man, released in 1933 ish, sure. I think. Yeah. Yes, directed by the same director, James Whale. Oh, nice. Yes. As uh, Brian Frankenstein. Trivia. Look at that. Oh, it feels like you might do a, some sort of movie trivia competition. Some sort of movie trivia schmodown, perhaps? So Star Drew has cleared it up. She said that, or uh, he said, I have not lost a bet either, though. Oh. Star, um, Star Drew is normally on the money. And on the on the thing of invisibility, since we no longer have the pictures up, and since I am not invisible this week at least, I will put my face on screen. Oh, hey. yay. Look at that. Look how adorable. Oh, nice. Uh, so we've got uh, some business to take care of as well. In addition to our box office bet, we have also have to decide what next week's top five is going to look like. So we're adding the Invisible Man into the mix. I've see I've talked to some people that got a chance to see an early screening of it. They were very positive about it. Seems to have some good word of mouth. So I mean I feel confident that it could take number one. But what about the two of you? I think it's definitely going to take number one. Yeah, yeah. I think that it could. I I, I think it'll push Sonic out. Do you see? Are, are you excited about it, Bree? You seem very kind of like, nah, whatever. I don't know much about it. So That's I like good. Elizabeth Moss a lot as an actress. So I'm excited for her. Um, but I haven't heard too much about the movie, so I don't know what to expect from it or what to be let down by. So I'm actually, I might actually really enjoy it. Well, it's directed by the guy that did Upgrade. Lee Winnell. Yes, last year. And that was a, that was a fun movie. Yeah, I loved Upgrade. Yeah. And uh, he's written a lot of James Wan's movies as well, like the original Saw and the first two Conjuring films. And he, he's actually written all four Conjuring films and directed – or not Conjuring, sorry, Insidious. Whew. That was a close one. Dodged a bullet there. Insidious. <laughs> Such a different franchise. I mean, How dare you? They're very similar-ish, kind of. They both have Patrick Wilson in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yes, uh, he directed the third Insidious movie, which I thought was the weakest of all of them. But then he really came back strong with Upgrade. So, and I'm hearing a lot of great things about Invisible Man as well. So I'm pretty excited for it. What I liked about it is everything that, as much as you know, everybody was at the time, hot on shared universes. I mean, Marvel is really firing on all cylinders with that. Universal, Universal tried to get into the, with their dark universe, tying in all their horror properties into one shared universe, which crashed and failed after The Mummy came out. Uh, I, I, I like this approach much more, where it's just a modern-day kind of point of view to the concept of this character. How would you tell this kind of story? And I really like what they're doing with it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind <laughs> if they keep getting giving these classic universal monster characters to Blumhouse and see what they can do with them. And if they end up and they shoot them on a really small budget, which is really the way they should be made. The original universal monster films weren't necessarily these big spectacles. You know, they were these character studies and if they can continue to do that on a low budget, maybe they can 
resurrect the dark universe in a way and bring them together at some point but they don't want to rush into it like they did last time because that was a complete disaster no very true uh that actually i i am sure there's been discussions especially concerning the buzz that's been happening about the invisible man that they've probably been talking to the as well saying all right here here's what else we have to what else do you think you could do and put a good spin on it so i'm excited i i mean i feel like middle of uh, next week I bet we hear some other announcement about another universal horror property that uh, classic universal monster that Blumhouse is going to be doing and do you think that maybe they'll get Lee Winnell to do it or I think they'll bring in someone else I mean I think you could bring in I mean because I'm all fine with switching up directors yeah especially if you find a subject that really speaks to them and they're like yeah I've got a really good take on this uh, universal classic movie monster I don't think it needs to be him necessarily doing it all. I mean, I feel like this is a, probably an idea that really resonated with him, and I'm mm-hmm. sure he executed it extremely well. But I'm sure there are other creators that also would have similar uh, ideas that would resonate with other Universal monsters. Like, yeah, I've got a great Dracula take or Frankenstein. I would love to see a modern uh, Bride and Frankenstein take, and they almost did it with the Dark Universe, but then that yeah. went out the window. Yeah, I'd be curious. Uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. See what that would ha- see what happened with that. It's my least favorite of the Universal monsters. I think it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, it is. It just doesn't do it for me. All right, all right. Uh, you're you're completely wrong. Actually, <laughs> so you know. Uh, all right. So, do you feel like with the Invisible Man, is it going to be number one, and everything else just drops down? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm looking at the top five from this weekend right now, and I think I'm just I, I think I'm going to go at that Invisible Man number one, then Sonic. Call of the Wild, Birds of Prey. Oh, but what do I do at number five? I know what you do. I think, you know what? I'm going to say it. Bad Boys is going to outlast the boy. I'm not arguing with that already. I mean, I feel like it's already come come from behind to take number yes. five this or number four Frank, this week. Frank, how are you saying this about your new favorite film, The Boy? Well, this is The Boy <laughs> too. So this is, I don't care about, I don't care about a supernatural doll. I care about a man living in the walls. That's that's the kind of stuff I want to go for. If you want to re-release The Boy Number 1, I will go see it lots of times this week just to support that bonkers-sounding film. <laughs> dude living in the wall. Also knowing that he wears a mask that kind of looks like the doll. Yes. What's that all about? What's that all about? All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, folks, I guess we have to do our box office bet. Yes. I'm very nervous. I mean, again, uh, I for know. those of you that have never done the box office bet with us before, basically, more often than not, we open up a uh, a, seri- a few selections of whatever's opening wide that particular week to the chat to let them vote on whichever film we should do the bet on. We will do our bet, and the idea is that we bet uh, the closest to what we think the opening box office total will be. The winner will get a bask in the glory like Carrie did on that fine video. Look how excited she was to be the box office <laughs> bet winner of the week. So exciting. I want my so own exciting. video. <laughs> yes. I mean, that that's like... The best reaction we could have hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure was. Uh, and then the loser will be much like Brandon, uh, honoring his bet uh, and seeing the movie, telling us all about it, but also a little something extra. This week you're wearing this fine Mandalorian onesie. Yes. There you go. Look at you. Well, it's at least, it's a, yes, it, it, it belongs to Boba Fett, but I don't know if the canon is anymore that he's a Mandalorian or not, but... what? Let's not deep dive too much into that one. Let's save that for Star Wars news. Oh, wait. Hosted by Ryan Nielsen and Steph Sabra. Check that show out. I like those guys. Look at you. Look at you. Uh, And again, this week, uh, for the bet for uh, The Mummy, or excuse me, The Invisible Man, the loser will be invisible for next week's show. We'll hear them, but we'll never see them. 
Oh, it's perfect. Same as it's going to be. Uh, all right. So, folks, let's start uh, crunching some numbers here. We all said number one, right? We all said number, number one. Number one. I wrote something down. Just a gut instinct. I'm going to stick with it. Ooh, all right. I, I You know, I'm going to just throw this out here, but I'm going to just guess that Bree's going to have a, a decimal point <laughs> in hers. But that's just, you know, just, I don't know. I'm just guessing. All right. You got to have the decimal point. Frank, the decimal point is how I have escaped losing sometimes. Okay? <laughs> that's true. That I, you will, I, how I, often does a movie make a rounded number? <laughs> Very true. I mean, it is merely jealousy that it fueled that comment for me. All right. I gotta, I'm going to... All right. I've got my number. I've got mine. Uh, I've got mine. All right. This is going to be exciting. All right, Bree, <laughs> kick us off. What do you got? 26.3. 26.3? Yes. I feel like that's conservative. But that's just my take. I feel that's low. All right. 26.3. Oh, my box office bets. Here we go. Bree, 26.3 million dollars. All right, Brandon. All right. I'm going with... million at the box office. 35.7. I, uh, boy, it's going to be a very narrow margin between Brandon and myself. I went 36. Oh, wow. 36. (laughs) Wow. Not much room for error there. No, not at all. Wow. With your rookie score. You guys really thought it was going to... It's gonna do a lot better. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think so. Well, I'm th- I'm just basing it off of what Sonic made this week, and we feel like it's gonna take number one. I don't know. I still think people will go see Sonic. I think they'll go see some other films they haven't seen yet, and they've been meaning to go see. We'll find out. Like the boy too. Like the boy too. <laughs> I feel. I feel like everyone go see the boy too. I feel like people are excited for this movie. Uh, we've had some bad horror films yes. this year. The boy too. I didn't hear great things about the turning. Fantasy Island. Not so Horror good. fans. How dare you say all these movies are terrible? I don't Horror understand. fans. <laughs> I didn't see any of them, so they, I can't say They want to see a good movie. Yeah. They, 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 they want it. Yeah, and I feel like... They're uh, going to go. They're going to go. I mean... Uh, they're going to show up. As much as Blue Must dropped the ball on Fantasy Island, I feel like they're going to carry that ball across the goal line for Invisible Man. In fact, over at Universal, if, you go, if you're in the L.A. area, go to Universal City Walk tonight. Up until 8 o'clock, they have a huge... Not the most attractive thing, but they have a huge white cargo container outside of the AMC at City Walk, where you can go in for a twenty-minute uh, audio experience for the Invisible Man. Oh, that sounds awesome! It's all in the dark, and it's uh, using audio technology to kind of create some scary tension and uh, jump scares for you to all promote the Invisible Man. So there was a nice line as I was leaving there, coming over here. Uh, it, it, but a white cargo container, not the most like come and check this out. So we do have some guesses in the chat. Right. Um, Star Drew says twelve eighteen. Ooh, um, that's a hot take. We look. Arodi five three six says twenty one point five. Wow. Emray Gun says twenty four point five. Uh, Thunder God says eighteen. Cavalry says a hundred and six point three. Yes, I I love that optimism. Let's do it. Let's go big. That would be something. <laughs> I, you know, who knows? I could very well be invisible next Tom week. Cruise would not be happy about those numbers. Yeah, that, no. <laughs> if this does, yeah, if that does yeah. extremely well, and he's like, oh, wait a minute, what about my mummy movie? Uh, fine. 
Uh, I'm excited. I could be invisible next week, folks. You get a week off from having to look at this ugly mug and come back and enjoy me full visuals in two weeks. Ooh, this is exciting. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Box Office Breakdown. I cannot tell you how excited I'm about this bet. I'm jazzed. Win or lose, it's going to be a fun show next week. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give it a thumbs up while you're there. Thumbs up. Two, this, three, two, three. <laughs> four, five, six. Everybody you can do. Yes. All right. I'm uh, learning. I'm learning. <laughs> and if you're watching after we stream live, feel free to comment down below. But thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. And if you want to stay in touch with any of us, even after the show's over, Bree, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Brie, B-R-I underscore Phipps, P-H-I-P-P-S on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Oh, TikTok, you don't stop. You gotta get on the TikTok, Frank. There you go. I feel like I've been forced to be on that. It's scaring me. Uh, Brandon, how about yourself? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrandonHanna07, and you can find me bounty hunting my way across the galaxy, just trying to make an honest living. <laughs> uh, folks, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. I have a feeling you will not see me next week. You'll hear me, but you will not see me. Uh, until then, folks, have a great time. Go see some movies, and we'll see you back here next week for an all-new episode of Box Office Breakdown right here on Popcorn Talk. Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.